favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. Welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fredikowski. Each week, I'll bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have Amish fiction author Ashley Emma, who will introduce us to Princess and the Amish Popper, which is book three from her Amish fairy tale series. Hello, Ashley. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. We have lots of things to chat about today, one being the book three of your fairy tale series. But like I do on every episode, before we dig into um, the book that we're going to promote, I'd like to get a back scenes look at the authors that we interview their um, writing career. So I have just a few questions for you. The first one being, tell our listeners how many books you've written and which is your favorite. It's probably around 20 total, but there's a few that I never published because, well, I did when I was in high school and I took them down because they're really bad. (laughs) (laughs) I used to write fantasy when I was younger and my earlier ones, I never had professionally edited and I published them when I was like 16 or 17 and they did make a little bit of money and I think I did my own covers, but then when I decided to switch to Amish books, when I was around 20, I took all of those down. And I, I think one day I will probably put them up, but I haven't been focusing on them for a while. But uh, my favorite one is Amish Alias because that was my first Amish novel I ever wrote. It, it's actually my fourth in the series, but it took me a long time to get it j- just right. <laughs> it took me several years. So uh, when I was 20, I started writing it. And now I'm 30 and I published it last year. So. Oh, my goodness. I kind of like it left it and I, I honestly was saving it because I'm self-published, but I was saving that one to try to get it published and it just kept getting rejected. And I just decided one day, okay, I'm just going to self-publish it and it's done very well. So I'm really glad I did. Uh, but yeah, that was very partial too. <laughs> how long did I have to ask you, how long did it take you to write that book? Do you think? Um, I kind of, I wrote it in probably, a year and that's when I went to go live with Amish families when I was 20 and then I just kept working on it on and off for about like 10 years so but I was writing my other Amish books during that time so I wrote Undercover Amish and then Amish Under Fire and that whole series and then I decided to make that the fourth book Um, and now there's five total and I'm working on the sixth so um, on and off about 10 years I can't believe it (laughs) yeah well think about the books that you have um the books that you wrote when you were 16, I mean, they probably have a great storyline. And, and when you're really stuck for a creative idea, you know, it's pretty exciting to think that you can go back to that archives that you have hidden off and rewrite the story now that you're a, a more advanced um, author. And you probably really have a great storyline going there. Yeah, except the only thing is it would never work because that one's about time travel. So Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. You did you did say that. And I I'm not so sure how time travel and Amish fiction would go together, but it would make for an in- interesting storyline, that's for sure. I, I someone texted me one day and said, "Hey, I saw an Amish and aliens book on Amazon." And I'm like, "Okay, that's different." <laughs> I don't know if that's a genre, but Amish and Aliens, I guess we have books about that. Well, I haven't seen it yet, but um, you never know. You never know what's going to show up on Amazon, that's for sure. 
So you got to tell us, what is the most surprising thing you ever discovered while you were writing? It was more recently, I, I thought I kind of knew a pretty good amount about the Amish when I went, I went to Unity in Maine. I live in Maine and I went there to live with three different families for um, a, about a week and a half total. It wasn't too long, but I felt like I learned a pretty good amount. And ever since then, whenever someone would say something about the Amish and I'd say, oh, that's not true or, oh, okay, that's true. And I, I realized over time, okay, there's a lot of different rules for every different Amish community, depending on the state or what type of Amish they are. And I am still learning, like some of the things that the Amish do in my book are banned in other communities. And so sometimes people will leave bad reviews saying, wow, this author should have done her research. And I did do the research. It's just, they have different rules. Like they ride bikes in my book and in a lot of places, bikes are banned. So people will say, oh, she didn't do her research. And that's a big pet peeve of mine now that I realize, okay, they're all very different. And some things that are allowed in one community are totally banned in another. And it just depends on the area, I guess. It is. And across the country, you know, what's, what's uh, um, allowed in northwestern Pennsylvania isn't necessarily allowed in, in like the Lancaster area. Or you go to Montana, it's cle- completely different. And then you go to Pinecraft, for- uh, Pinecraft, Florida, and everything's up in the air because there's nothing down there, you know. So it really depends on which which area of the country your characters are from. And I would assume, and, and I'm sure you, you, you've thought about this, that you write from Maine. So your stories have to reflect that particular area and those Amish. So, Right, exactly. It does, it does. Okay, so out of all of those books that you wrote, who has become your favorite character? Probably uh, Charlotte, which is the main character from Amish Alias, and she goes by Charlie in the book. She's probably one of my favorites just because I think, I feel like I spent the most time on that book. So I spent the most time on her writing her character. And then I also really like Olivia, which is the main character in Undercover Amish because she's very sassy and very, um, like very confident and she's a police officer. Um, so, oh, it's hard to decide between, you know, two or three. And then I really like Freya, but she's in the short story, but I'm making that into a book, a longer book, but. So I, I guess I have three I really like, but overall my favorite is Charlotte from Amish Amelia. Well, and that's the one that took you so long to write. So you had a relationship with her for a really long time. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably you did. So tell me, what is your favorite part and your least favorite part of your publishing journey? Now, I'll remind our listeners again that you are an independent publisher, an indie author, which a lot of us are these days, which is, you know, I have found that journey to be very rewarding for me. So, but tell me, t- tell us, what is your favorite part and your least favorite part of your publishing journey? I really like doing um, the outlines and actually writing, and I like the editing. I like all of that. Um, and I have a a person who I've worked with for a really long time. She She's actually a professional ghostwriter, but she's really good with outlines too. So, when I come up with an outline and then I will send it to her and she tells me if there's anything she thinks would be like a plot hole or something unrealistic and we go back and forth until it's just right. And then I write it. And I really do like that whole part. Cause I do write books very, very quickly, like considering that I have four kids and I homeschool and <laughs> like once I have the outline down, I can go really fast. Usually the past two I did in about five weeks each, um, like princess and the pauper is 87,000 words. 
And I was nine months pregnant and I wrote it in five weeks. <laughs> oh my goodness. So you're a plotter now. You're a, you're a plotter, not a pantser. So um, I have a very solid uh, like outline before I even write. And I'll occasionally change a few things after if I have to, but um, yeah, I knew I had to do it before the baby was born. And then I took two months off and then I got it published after when I edited it. But I really do like all of that. I mean, of course, cause I'm a writer, but I also really like doing the covers and the marketing, which is surprising because I always thought I wouldn't like the marketing. But the only thing is Facebook ads and Amazon ads are still confusing to me. <laughs> but um, I like doing all the other types of marketing. It's just I'm actually going to start. I'm going to get coached by someone to teach me ads better because I'm not a very techie person and I really want to do better at ads. It's just hard for me to, I'm a very like visual creative person and not, not so great with ads. But it's something I want to get better at. I would assume once you find somebody to show you how to do them once, then you will just run with them like you do everything else. So I hope so. You will. You will. So you have written a series, and I'm interested to know what is more challenging for you, to write the first book in a series or to write the ones that come after that? Um, Well, for this series, for my new one, the fairy tale series, the first one was shorter. It's about 30,000 words. But the funny part is that one actually took me, I feel like, just as long to get it right because I wanted to try to leave out a lot of the crime and all that. that takes so much research. So I was originally going to do that. And then it just ended up happening that way that it had that in the story. And then all the research happened and I had to change things to make it realistic. And I felt like overall that took just as long. I would say they're about equal, like first, second, third. They take me about the same amount of time, just depending on the length. And if they're about the same, usually they take me about the same. So I mean, We're I the same. Like- that were the same characters in the first book as were in your second and third book? For Yes. For each series, they do have similar characters. So, like, each main character is different, but a lot of the same characters are in every book. And the funny thing is, a lot of those characters are in my other crime series, my Covert Police Detective Unit series, like, with Undercover Amish. And, like, a lot of the, the two series, they share a lot of the same characters. It's all in the same Amish community. It's all in Unity. So it's two different types of books, like one's crime and one's fairy tale, but all of the, many of the Amish characters are the same. Well, and that makes, that um, pleases our readers, I think, when we do that, because they get to know the community. They feel like they, they, they own a piece of it or something, because when they, when you pull characters in from other books, even if it's another series, they're like, oh, I remember that person, or they have a vision of that town in their head. So it's like they're just revisiting your town again. So I love to hear authors who bring um, characters in from other books and they write in the same town. I will probably always write in this small northwestern Pennsylvania town, just like you do in your main town, because my my readers have become accustomed to landmarks and personalities and different characters. And I have a lot of fun. It sounds like you do as well, pulling those characters back, because that's what draws in the readers anyway. Yes, definitely. And I actually really liked how um, on the Princess and the Popper book, someone left a review saying, Oh, I love the ending because Cole and Belle were in the ending at, well, I won't say what part, but they, they're from the Beating the Beast book, which is second in the series. And I, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to have them attend um, this event, basically, at the end of the book and just have them there just really quickly, like just mention them. And 
And I, I didn't think anyone would really honestly notice enough to leave something like that in a review. And, and they did. And I was like, oh, well, that's nice that they noticed that they were there. Um, so they read I, my other <laughs> I don't think we give our readers enough credit sometimes. I think they notice more than we we realize they do. So that was cool that they left that review. Yeah, so it is. It is. All right. Well, thank you so much for answering some questions about your writing career. Now I'd love to talk about The Princess and the Amish Popper, but before I do that, I'm just going to read the very first paragraph of your back matter so that we can set the stage before we start talking about this book, okay? Okay. So it's Arabella and Damaris look like identical twins, but their lives couldn't be more different. One is an heiress from Germany who is about to inherit a multi-million dollar bakery, and one is an Amish baker from Maine. What happens when they secretly switch places? Very intriguing, very intriguing. So let's talk about this particular book, which is book three from your Amish fairy tale series. And what do you hope your readers will take away from book three? Um, this is a different type of book for me, and I was I was a little nervous when I put it out because it is my first like lighthearted story. All of my other stories are very dark topics, and they're intense, and they have crime, and you know this is my first one that's kind of funny, and it's a like, comedy of errors. And I was like, well, I hope they like this type of different type of book for me. But so far, it's been really great, a really great reaction. Um, I kind of liked how I actually have sisters who are twins; they're identical. And I kind of knew firsthand, I've seen like what it's like for them. People get them mixed up all the time. And I just thought it would be funny to write about that, especially switching places in two different countries. So um, like there's one scene where they're both in a cafe and in unity and the Amish girls dressed in the other girl's clothes and they swapped clothing just to try it, just to see if anyone would know. <laughs> and they both go in this cafe and one of the Amish families comes in and they get nervous. And one of the girls bumps into a waiter and the plates, all the plates fall on the floor. And it's just a, a whole comedy of errors. And I kind of hope that it's just people can read this. And if they're going through something difficult in their life, if this just helps them take their mind off of it. And it's just a lighthearted, funny kind of Hallmark style story. So I hope they can just use that to like escape, uh, you know, the stress, the stress of life for a little while. So that's just, I just wanted it like a fun story. Well, we all love those Hallmark movies, and all of us love to in, um, escape into some of those movies, and it sounds perfect. It sounds like a Hallmark movie. <laughs> so tell us, are there any secrets from the book that aren't particularly in the blurb that you can share with us? Oh, I actually scroll. I actually gave it away just now when I was talking about that cafe scene. Um, basically, what happens is when they're in there, the I can't remember which one, but one of the girls bumps into the waiter, and then the other one doesn't want the Amish family to see her, the other girl, so she fakes appendicitis, and she gets the other Amish family to carry her out of the the Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Then when she sees the other girl walk out, she goes, oh, okay, I feel better now. Never mind. And it's just just really obnoxious, the entire scene, Um, them just trying to avoid getting seen together at the same time. So I thought that was really funny. I tried to put as many scenes like that as I could without being, you know, I just, I figured, well, they're going to get almost caught a few times, right? And might as well make it funny. So that's just one of the scenes that, that's one of my favorite scenes that I wrote in that book. I just thought it was funny. 
Well, you know, we all need a good um, laugh book, and it sounds like it's a it's a lighthearted book that we could enjoy. So this sort of goes right in with that of, of us talking about a Hallmark movie. If this book was made into a movie, who are the celebrities that would star in it? So I was thinking, I, this was a hard one for me, because all of my favorite actors and actresses are my age or older, so like in their 30s, but these characters are early 20s. So I had to go, I just was looking through trying to find some actors and actresses who are early 20s. And some of them I'm I'm sure we're not going to be familiar with. But Lily Reinhart, I thought would make a really good character for the two girls. She'd have to play both of them because they look alike. Um, (laughs) And she's on the show Riverdale. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yeah, I I did. um, I have. Mm -hmm. Season and she's very like I just thought her personality and the way she looked would kind of fit with these two girls, Arabella and um, Damaris. I just thought, and I think if she studied the Amish culture, I think she would be a great Amish character. I'm sure she could do it. And then for the guys, that was tough um, because, like you know, all the actors I know are older now, but um, and they're probably I, I think in the book they're early 20s too, so they're they're definitely older than that, but. I was thinking Luke Evans would make a great Gilbert. So the funny thing is Gilbert is from Beauty and the Beast, my second book. I'm I'm sorry, Amish Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) And he plays Gilbert, who is kind of like the Gaston character, but he's a nice Gaston. He's not arrogant and rude. He's just a a sweet Amish man who's in love with Belle, and she doesn't really like him. She sees him as a friend. So this is his story where he falls in love in Princess and the Amish Popper. So he, which is funny, in the, in the new Disney remake, Luke Evans plays Gaston, and he does a great job. And oh. I, oh, I, I was like, wow, he kind of looks like how I imagined him. And I think he, I think he'd do a, be a great Gilbert in my in my version of the story. And he's a great singer, by the way. I had no idea he could sing. Um, and then for Stefan, I was thinking Andrew Garfield. He's in the new Spider-Man. Well, new as in like I think ten years ago, but. He's kind of like tall and nerdy and he's kind of awkward. And I think he would make a really good Stefan, which is he's kind of a bookworm in, in the book. Um, so I don't know. I think those three would work pretty well for this. Story. Well, well, the last one, the the guy that played in, what was his name again that played in Spider-Man? It's Andrew Garfield. He's okay. also in Hacksaw Ridge, which is an amazing movie, by the way. I didn't think I would like it, but he does a great job in that. He's just kind of, you know, like. A nice, awkward kind of like, I, I think he would play a good, like, nerd type of character. <laughs> well, I, I wrote his name down so I could look him up later. The other two I could picture. This guy I, I couldn't picture, so I'll have to go look him up. But um, that gives us a good visual. And, you know, I don't know about you, but when you read a book, sometimes you get a preconcepted idea of what this person looks like. And mm-hmm. I think that you can relate to the story more if you can picture somebody as as the per- person you're reading about, you get a whole persona about them, you know, their hair color, their eye color, if they're tall or short or, or thin or, or muscular. So it's good that you've put a, uh, a name to a face so that when our listeners do read the book, they can maybe imagine that person in, in place of your character. So that was perfect. So tell me, what were the key challenges you faced when you wrote this particular book? This one was actually... Harder than I thought it was going to be because there's these two girls and keeping their, it was hard to keep their names straight <laughs> when I was writing each scene because, um, you know, they look the same. And then 
I would sometimes forget that they had switched. It was, it was bizarre. I just kept switching their names by accident. And I actually had to have certain beta readers on my list go through and check for that specifically because an editor might not catch it because it's not a typo necessarily. Right. Right. You know, so, like they had to make sure they remembered which scene it was. And then I did a word search and I went through and I just checked every single time. And I have not had one person complain about it in the reviews. So I guess we caught them all. But oh, that good. was tough to keep track of. And then the other thing was, it's going to be hard to explain, but when I was writing the, the scenes from the two guys' perspective, they didn't know for most of the book that these two girls had switched places. So in their heads, like say, for example, Stefan is talking to Damaris, but she, he thinks that she's Arabella, the heiress. So in his head, he's calling her Arabella. And that confused my readers. <laughs> I bet you did. Like change it to she. Like I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I had to go back and just switch it to make it more so that it could be either. And I, I didn't want people to think it was a typo, you know? So, so that I kind of just had to change it. it. Ended up working fine. And then the other thing was there were two romances in this book. So it was kind of like there were two stories within a story. So I, it was, it was just hard having four main characters, two romances all in one book. So it, I went, it ended up working out great in the end, <laughs> but it was kind of interesting to keep track of all of that. That's all. So as I've said a hundred times in these podcasts that I really believe that the first page of a book is the most important part, that that's the part that actually pulls people in and wants them to read the rest of your story. So I would love it if you would read us the first page of Princess and the Amish Popper. Sure, I would love to do that. All right, so this is um, chapter one. No matter how many times she'd seen it, the sunrise through the kitchen window always took Damaris Kaufman's breath away. She placed her flower-covered hands on the kitchen counter and admired the view above a sink of dirty dishes. For miles, and at this time of year, it was easy to see the land's beauty, the fiery colors of the leaves on the trees, the crisp scent of fall in the air. Damaris stretched as the feeling of fatigue swept over her entire being. The day had barely begun, and she was already tired. You stayed up too late reading last night, didn't you? Man said, rolling out the dough beside her for pies. I saw your battery-operated lamp on late last night in your room. How could, Demar how could Damaris deny it? Yeah, I did. Now I'm regretting it. You knew we have to wake up at 5.30 to start baking. You're 23 years old. You know better. Why do you keep staying up so late, so late ma'am asked, placing the homemade pie crust in the dish. You're a grown woman. It's too late. It's up to you how late you stay up. But really, Damaris, you're going to get run down if you keep doing this. I know, but I was at such a good part in the book last night. I couldn't stop reading. It was a Tony Graham book, of course. Damaris sighed, playing over the scenes in her mind. The story took place in Germany. Oh, how she wished she could travel there or anywhere in Europe. Well, that was a perfect beginning to the book. Thank you so much. So I have to ask, we're almost ready to sign off for the day, but tell us what you're working on now. So right now I am working on the sixth book in my Covert Police Detectives Unit series, which is, it used to be called, actually it was a short story called Freya. And for years, I had it free on Amazon. There were two. There was Freya book one, Freya book two. And they're very, very short stories. And it's basically about this woman, Freya. She has an abusive ex-boyfriend, and she's on the run from him. And she's driving through the Amish community. Um, and she doesn't realize it's an Amish community, but there's a blizzard. And she accidentally hits this Amish man who's looking for his horse with her car, and she kills him instantly. And she's terrified that if she turns herself in that her ex-boyfriend will find her because he has connections. So she leaves him there and she comes back a year later 
because she feels terrible and she ends up apologizing to the family. And this was just a short story. And I got so many emails from readers saying, you have to make this into a full length book. And that was years ago. And I was like, you know, someday I'll get to it. And so now I am, I'm making it into a full length story because there's just so much in that story that I couldn't fit into a short story. There's so many things about the, the relationship and the family. And it's really all based around Amish forgiveness. They always forgive. Like it reminds me of that story, Amish Grace, the movie, mm-hmm. how they gave the shooter who came into the school. And I always thought that just always stuck with me. I just was like, wow, I don't know if I could do that if anyone ever hurt my kids. So um, that story is what I'm working on right now. And then I'm also simultaneously working on an Abraham and Sarah retelling. I'm starting a new Bible story, an Amish Bible story series. <laughs> So I'm working on my third series. I always work on two at a time because, well, one thing it did, I work on the other one and, you know, I just go back and forth. So uh, that's what I'm working on right now. Along with homeschooling your children and a new baby, <laughs> like, like we said in the very beginning before we started our podcast, a podcast, you have your plate full, but I love the excitement in your voice when you talk about your book. So it's definitely your passion. You have found your passion in life. Yes, definitely. And also I mentioned my husband's going to start going part-time so I can write more because it's just working out really well. So I'm so excited. We're at this point. And I think from here, I'll be releasing a lot more books per year. Right now I do about two or three and I want to do like, you know, six or seven per year. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's, um, um, that is a lot. That is a lot. That is a lot. Well, thank you so much. Before we sign off, I love to end with a little bit of a speed round. I'm going to ask you five questions. They're really simple. Just rattle the first thing you have off um, that comes off your head. And um, are you ready? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Polka dots or stripes? Stripes. What type of milk do you put on your cereal? Mm, cashew milk. <laughs> okay. And this one's interesting and you can, we can stop and you can, and you can tell our listeners why this question is interesting. And I didn't know your, your backstory a little bit before we started this, but climb a mountain or jump from a plane. Mm, probably jump from a plane. <laughs> okay. Now stop and tell our listeners what you just finished. Oh, <laughs> okay. So my husband and his best friend planned a survivor event, which is based off the CBS show. Survivor, you know, like with Jeff Probst. And we did four days out in the woods in Lemington, Maine. And I hate camping. Everyone knows it. And so when I went into this, everyone kind of, I figured I'd just get voted out really quick because I hate camping. And I'm bad at athletic things, you know, like the challenges. But I got fourth place. I almost made final three. Um, I had to do a fire challenge with someone else. And I just barely lost that. And I never made a fire before I went out there. And I'm just not an outdoorsy girl, but I got fourth place. I would (laughs) say fourth place is you are an outdoorsy girl more than you thought you were. I think so. I mean, we had Well, I I just find that so interesting. And um, I could go on and on about it. But I do have a couple more questions. So the next one, do you ask permission or beg forgiveness? Mm, I always ask permission. <laughs> okay. Me too. Me too. I don't like to, I don't like conflict. So, um, and the last thing is what is your middle name? Joy. Joy. Ashley Joy. All right. Well, thank you very much. Is there anything you would like to add before we sign off? Um, There was one thing I was going to add when you were talking about how all the Amish communities are different. And 
I had some assumptions about the Amish before I went my first time. Uh-huh. And I went with my mom and we actually brought our own toilet paper because we didn't think that they had, we thought they had outhouses. <laughs> so we're like, oh, let's just bring our own toilet paper just in case. And we were actually really embarrassed because we realized when we got there, wow, they have, they have indoor toilets and we made all these assumptions that weren't true. And, you know, it was just kind of interesting the first time we went. <laughs> we didn't know what to expect. But yeah, I always think it's kind of a funny story. <laughs> so I have to ask, so when you went and stayed with these Amish families, were were they very um, accommodating to your questions? Oh, yes, for sure. I told them right up front that I was writing an Amish novel. And at that point, I thought it would just be one. I didn't know it was going to take off. And they were so nice. They just kept inviting me back because they actually liked how I was trying to find out as much as I could about them before writing it. So I went that first time and I thought that would be it. And I got invited back two or three more times. So, and then they invited me back to a wedding um, from one of the girls I stayed with. And I haven't seen them in about eight years and I really want to go back. (laughs) That's quite interesting. Well, thank you very much, Ashley, for joining us today. And that wraps up this episode. And I encourage you to visit my website at tracyfredikowski.com to see a complete list of some of your favorite Amish fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape.